Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Off Point at 30. Um, my name's Les Steed, and this is Marlon White. And today's topic, um, Marlon's turning 30 on Monday. Today yeah. is uh, Thursday. We're recording on a Thursday because we're in quarantine, and of course yeah. we fucking are. If it have... will come out on Monday, though, on my born day, the day, yeah. the beginning <laughs> of the end for me. Yeah, well, it's not the beginning of the end, man. It's like, it's just the so, same as being 29, but everyone so, thinks you're an adult. So Lev has turned 30 last September. So Lev, um, how, how was it? How did you feel? I think in the build-up to it, it was um, a lot more anxiety than it was worth. Um, I think that when you turn 30, there's like a lot of pressure suddenly. It's a bit like sort of how we've become quite Americanized in that sort of approach of, oh, it's a big day. And all of a sudden, for some reason, I felt the same pressure that I felt when I turned 21 mm. or when I turned 18. And like, I think that it's just become kind of a milestone type age and you're supposed to have a big blowout party. Yeah. But realistically, I had 10 people for a meal. Um, I got a little bit drunk, got, yeah. I mean, went to a friend's wedding, decided to do a podcast um i mean it was a good weekend i had a great weekend but i think that you know like a lot of that i think that it was kind of a bit it was a lot of pressure to have given the circumstances where and i think that because i was unemployed at the time and because i was quite low um it 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 did feel like a lot like a sort of a negative feeling about the idea and the build-up to it but you know like it's just another day it's it's like i think that it's um I know. I never find. I never really like get in, buy into all of that land. Like you know those landmarks: birthday, you're 18, you're 21st. I never really buy into it. It's just another day for me. I just kind of really? got. I just got on with it. I, like eight, uh, 18, I sort of noticed because obviously you're an adult now. You can drink. You can do other stuff. But 21, I didn't really care. I didn't even. I don't think I even did anything for it. People have asked me like, "Oh, how do you feel? You're turning 30." Like my missus is on to. Oh, how do you feel? You're turning 30. How do you? How, how do you, How do you feel? And I'm like, I'm not really thought about it. Really, I'm alright. <laughs> But yeah, but you, you, that's your response to everything to start with. And yeah. after a little while, you're like, agile feelings. And um, <laughs> like two glasses, of, two glasses of rum. And it's like, actually, no, another thing I think. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all right. I think I'm all right at the moment. I'm really, like, people have asked me this coming year, how, how's it going? And uh, you're getting closer and closer. I've never that person that did birthday parties like that. I've had like a birthday party since I was about six years old. No, it's not really my type of thing. Like I hate, because I've said before, I hate being the center of attention yeah so i don't yeah i don't like stuff like that myself that my missus oh how, how would you feel if i throw your surprise party and i'm like i'm like don't please don't well i mean it's kind it. of hard now given the circumstance i think because yeah, we're, we're in not... um social isolation at the moment but um oh what are you guys ill or what no 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 the, you know the whole world is at the moment it's social, uh, social distancing so yeah yeah, yeah I... so it's impossible to form your surprise party now but i mean I mean, it is and it isn't. It's just a very risky venture these yeah. days. We get broken up by the police as if we were a bunch of teenagers anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's absolute bullshit. Yeah. But, oh, God, it sucks. It's yeah. um, So, I mean, because I can't imagine... That, I, I think it's kind of sad, really. A lot of people are going through a lot of things like this. And it's... Yeah. Like, I know that in the news earlier, there was a American guy whose baby died. God. Yeah, so that shit got dark really quickly. Yeah. But his baby died and... Um, and he couldn't see... He couldn't even hug his wife yeah. because of coronavirus. And he had, he was infected and yeah. the kid snuffed it. And oh, that's this, horrible. That this, horrible. it's horrendous. And there's this picture yeah. of him just looking completely desolate. Yeah. 
And it's like, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to get coronavirus. I don't yeah. care. Give him yeah. a hug. Yeah. Um, but it's no, just, it's like, it's just, like look, it's just like stories like that kind of makes you think, like, um, why would you, why, why are you worrying about little kind of like silly stuff like turning 30s? Like, you've made it to 30. You should, you should, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, for now. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the virus ain't got you yet. <laughs> Get me this weekend. Like, <laughs> made it so far. <laughs> I love how we're laughing about this. And then, like, later on, it's just going to be like one single monologue of, and that's the only time our podcasts are going to take off. Because it's going to be like, just, it's like, Les was here, but now he's gone. I miss my friend. I've gone to a better place. <laughs> you, know me, you know me as well. I'll probably use it for like promotional material. Like. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, we would actually. I think, uh, <laughs> I do, I'll do a live stream of the funeral or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and here's Les. And there's me just like on the, on the end of the, uh, at the end of my world. P.S. Marlon's filming for the podcast. It's like my mum like, oh, no. This is horrendous. This is the worst uh, day of my life. Yeah. And there's you like, can we get the tears? <laughs> Who are you? Piss off. <laughs> get that all recorded. <laughs> you have to take full advantage of every bad situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in a way, yeah. Um, like, it does make you appreciate little things, this whole quarantine business. But the thing is, I, I, I don't want to talk about being in quarantine because I think yeah. being in quarantine is bullshit. Um, well, not that bad. We've only been with it like under three weeks. It's not that um, bad. I, I don't know, but I've started writing a little mini diary yeah. um, just to keep myself sane. It's not full quarantine. It's not like, let's, like I was speaking to one of my colleagues who um, was talking, who has a friend in um, Spain. They can't even leave the house to go for, for exercise. We can leave the house like to go shopping, to go do the workout and everything. But yeah. they, can't, they can't even do that. So. Things that I'm just not going out. I, I'm, 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 I'm worried about that as well. I think I'm developing some sort of Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. No, nah, it's not. It's not the same. Cause like, if they said like, if they said, oh, you can't leave your front door now, that's a big, a big, a big difference. But we can actually go out for a walk. I think a lot of that is because they probably can't police it in the countryside yeah. around here. I mean, like yeah. in Spain, it's a bit different, but yeah. and they're used to sort of harsher, yeah. sort of more passionate things. But I think doing that with in Britain, I mean, maybe London perhaps, but there's a lot of streets in London and not mm. a lot of cops. Yeah. I think it would be very difficult to do that. Yeah. Um, and I also think that, I mean, logistically, it'd be a nightmare unless you use the army, in which yeah. case that's going to be like really, really fucked up. Yeah. And also, I mean, even in my road, okay, I mean, like, you know, not to sound big headed, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a village and the idea, of, I mean, I haven't seen a policeman go down my road for 15 years. Well, you're safe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only time I've actually seen a cop go down my road, he pulled me over. Um, which was really pissed me off. They were lovely, but I still got pulled over the one time I've seen a cop here. And um, and yeah, in fairness, they watched me come out of a pub and then they watched me speed up the road because it's my pub and my goddamn road. Um, to bring, but yeah. To bring yeah? this episode back on topic, um, Ooh, have, you, have, you, have you seen um, those people complaining about, oh, it sucks for anybody born in March or April, like, who have birthdays coming up? It does. You were loving it. Like, you were just sitting there like, I get to do what I wanted to do. You know, because I, I mentioned him, like, um, before that I'm on keto. I'm on this high-fat, moderate protein diet. So I don't get to eat yeah. carbs. I don't get to enjoy carbs. So I'm I went to... Yeah. So I went to um, Audi today, and I bought myself a bunch of sweets, bunch of other stuff and, I, and this weekend I'm probably gonna get my I, I haven't been able to drink cider or beer in a long time 
So mm. I'm, I'm out get myself some bevs and just like get wasted that on the, on the Monday. That's how just I'm chill out with your girlfriend on a Monday yeah, and get yeah. shit faced. That's, That's what I'm doing. Yeah, eat a bunch of stuff I can't normally eat. Just go mental with the food. You've basically cracked being in your thirties already. Yeah. I mean, like ever since I turned thirty, and ever since I think anyone I know who's in their thirties, including my missus, they're all like the only thing you ever seem to worry about. I mean, I think the, the problem is that when you get to thirty, you're kind of supposed to have kind of cracked your career and what you're yeah. about, and like this is where this trajectory you kind of settle on over your twenties. Yeah, I think that when you turn 30, you start really think like, I think 30 is the new 26. Yeah. You start really sort of seeing that there's, you know, like taking momentum with your career and be able to afford a little you place. Need to be, I think even if you're not in the way you want to be, you need to be going in the right direction. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think you get your twenties to find some sort of direction. I yeah. think you get your teens to be an ass hat. Yeah. Your twenties to be sort of like lost a little bit, especially if you're kind of adventurous about it. Um, I think that, you know, and start to get things kind of going in the way that you want them to. A lot of people, will change their careers in the 20s. I know that um, Andrew Como, his brother, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was on CNN, was a lawyer, decided that he wanted to change his jobs to become a, a journalist in his 20s, and now he's in his, I don't know how old he is, like 40s, I guess? Yeah. Um, you know, and he's a CNN guy, which is, you know, awesome. I wish I, I hope my career goes out well. Mm. But I think with, um, yeah, but being 30, I just, I've realised that, the idea of going anywhere more excessive than the pub with a few friends who I just kind of really like hmm. or would happily sit in silence with anyway, um, it just seems excessive. Mm. Like, For me, like, because I'm um, like this New Year's that's, um, that's gone by, mm. like my missus went out to a party and she's trying to get me to go along with her friends and everything. Why didn't you go? Because I, I wanted to stay in and eat food and drink wine and watch a movie. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go out. I was like, why am I going out? Like, like our, friends are, our, friends are, our friends are nice enough as there is, is anyway. But I mean, like, yeah, I, don't, I didn't really want to hang out. I just wanted, I, I think they kind of took it like, oh, like, you didn't want to hang out with us. But, no, you didn't. I mean, that's a fact. It's not. It, 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 it's true. I didn't want to hang out with them. But it's not because I don't, I dislike them. It's because I really wanted to just chill and eat, eat a bunch of bad food and just watch a movie. Well, I mean, is that because you wanted a bit of space and you time while she was away? Or is it because, you know, like, and a bit of time to yourself? Or is it more like the fact that you just, I mean, you can feel antisocial, that's normal. Yeah. I don't know, sometimes, like, I just need, as you said, just need some me time. Sometimes being around people is exhausting. Having to, like, talk and make small talk all night long, like, six, seven hours of just talking to people is a bit exhausting. So I'm like, yeah, I just wanted to stay indoors, watch a movie, eat some bad food. Like, and that's not something I do regularly. So it's like, yeah. Well, eat food and, and relax. Bad food and just chilling for a TV. But when you say bad food, it's basically the same as what I would... You're, eat, you're eating what I would do. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, pizza night for, for Marlon. Mate, you've cracked being 30. Yeah. You've already done it. You've been doing it for three years. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to you know, get married ish around this time. All yeah. right, well, that's a 30s ish something to, to yeah. do. You know, oh, uh, you know, like the opportunity to go out comes up and you're just like, all right, but how long before I can go home? Yeah. Perfect. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm, part I'm, of, I like going out. I like clubbing and everything, but. Oh, I hate um, clubbing. Can't yeah, I, like, do it. I like clubbing. I like going to bars, but I, I'm, I'm fine doing that every now and again, maybe every couple of months, get out of my system. Yeah. That, that's enough for me. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it like every week again. Like I, I like the idea of going to like, like gigs and stuff, but the yeah, idea of yeah. going to a, to clubbing, I think it's been happening since I was about twenty eight. Yeah, it's, it's just terrible. I, I hate to say, it, I never thought I'd say this, but 
but I'd rather go drinking in a museum than in <laughs> a club. Because A, cheaper. I mean, even at the Tate, it would be cheaper to go get drunk at the Tate yeah. than to get drunk in any club. Um, you know, like even one in Rygate, for God's sake. You got like, um, you got like, I mean, you can't hear shit. It's, it's, it's so annoying. We went to Prague on a stag do I'm laughing. Oh, sick. And um, yeah, you must have hated that then. <laughs> no, I loved it. I, I really loved it. But the problem was I loved it because I was wasted. Yeah. And it was like one of, but that is one of those times where it's like, you know, you go out and then, but to be fair, but I mean, that but club. Are you, are you ever in a club not wasted though? Well, that's the thing. Like, it's that whole moment every time you go out and it's like, and you see that, it, you realise what's going on around you. And yeah. you're standing there doing the one step, two step, and you're like, fuck, man, I've been doing this for half an hour. Oh, and you're yeah. going, one, two, one, two. And you're just like, this is bullshit. Why am I paying six pounds for a tiny bottle of warm Budweiser? I'm sitting here surrounded by teenagers. I think a guy over there just sexually harassed a woman. I'm stood here being like, no, thank you, darlings. I have a girlfriend. Uh, no, no. I mean, she's nowhere near as lovely as you are, my little dears. But um, unfortunately, I can't be a sugar daddy to anybody because yeah. you're all fucking 12. And you're just sitting there just like, oh, this is horrible. Like, you've got people going around, like, I don't know. I, and also, I mean, I don't want to sound old, but, like, it's the only time I've ever felt like, like I could be somebody's dad. Or I'm yeah. standing there just like, well, I don't know this one. I don't know this one. One step, two step. This is very monotonous, when isn't it? it? And I'm just oh. like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Oh, when did you start going out clubbing and going out like when did you start drinking? Like I started drinking when I was about thirteen. Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean you know, you're talking like okay. Actually to be actually to be to be fair, I could always like drink like beers in the fridge if I wanted to, but I, I hated the taste of it, so I never used to do it. Yeah, same. We used to steal yeah. my dad's ruddles. Yeah. yeah. I could like, do ruddles. I could I could always drink. My mum always like allowed me to, but because I never used to want to drink, so it was never a big deal. How old were you when you started clubbing? Clubbing, I was never really good at, but I mean, 18, 17, 18, because I mean, we were, there's only like one club or two. Oh, no, no, sorry, no, 16. Yeah, I had a fake ID. Yeah, so 16. Um, it's all right, the place is closed now, and it was yeah. a shithole anyway. But like, you know, like, I mean, it was weird. Like, you shouldn't be 17 and used to the idea of, of standing there carrying four VKs in your hands, <laughs> stepping over a fight that's happening in a pit that's so sticky, people are actually like, stuck to the ground no one slid if, if you got punched in that place you don't slide over that dance floor you just kind of stick to it like it's fly paper it's fucking horrible i've had a vk in about 10 years oh <laughs> god i don't miss it i mean no i do i, I miss the strapedos so That's uh, yeah so for me i was a bit different i started because i was on, i was into like health stuff i played basketball and all that and like, trying to be an athlete and everything black guy stuff <laughs> yeah black guy stuff so anyway yeah <laughs> i never used to drink because i never used to really smoke either so um yeah so I, I got into that at Kiel so all that type of stuff yeah you got into that at Kiel yeah I got into I got, <laughs> I got into like drinking at Kiel so I remember having like I didn't know what to drink so I used to kind of yeah, I remember I used to I take used to you to like, the cocktail bar yeah so I used to like drink, I used to drink whatever you guys were drinking or anything random I drank so, everything in range yeah so um I think one of the first drinks I had was like the VKs because they look they look like well they were like fruity or whatever. So I, I had those and then people used to take the piss out of me for drinking them. Well yeah, because so you're a massive bloke and yeah. you stood there like actually overshadowing everyone. Even the bouncers won't do shit against you. Like we'd all get kicked out, you'd still be in there and no one could work out why. Yeah. It's taken ten years to realise this. It's because they were scared shitless. <laughs> And they should have been. I mean, you were shit faced. And I go, where are all my friends? So, yeah, so you, to get, you guys did make fun of me for that. So I started like going around trying to find different drinks and I started like rum. But then sometimes they serve rum in a weird glass that people used to take the piss out on before because it used to be like almost in a small sort of wineish looking glass. 
Oh yeah, wait, weren't they the little sippy cup ones? Yeah, yeah, it looked weird, so people did piss out of me for drinking that, so I stopped drinking rum and then Who the has been taking the piss out of you? So I started, I moved my way on to... What kind of idiot? I moved my way on to whiskey. Like yeah, Jack I remember Daniels. that part. Yeah, Jack Daniels and stuff like that. Uh, you remember we had a house party? We had a house when? party the, in my first year, your third year. We had a house party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, cool. so... Basically, I went and bought a couple of bottles of VK because, yeah, because I didn't know what to drink. So I bought, I bought, bought a couple of VKs and I also bought a bottle of rum as well, white rum. So I came out with a VK, like this blue bottle of VK, which taking the piss out of me. So I poured the VK into one glass and then I poured the rum into the glass as well and the other bottle of VK into one and just started drinking. And they was like, whoa. How did that end? Basically, I missed the whole entire party. So the party, this is at nine o'clock, so I missed the whole entire party end up in my room throwing up everywhere and then like uh, yeah I missed the whole party I woke up four in the morning after the party ended I mean we definitely checked on you like, no, there's you no didn't. way you, missed you guys that. definitely didn't <laughs> I mean no I mean like definitely would have done I mean like because you'd have been passed out in your room be like oh leave me alone and then just gone it's like well do you want to pick him up fuck no I burnt, <laughs> I, I burnt like my insides I couldn't eat for, I couldn't drink for one month drink any alcohol like drinking alcohol physically hurt oh my god it was really bad to get back on point, like, do you think you've achieved everything that you plan to achieve by no. your thirties? No, I think that this coronavirus thing has shown me that I've got a lot that I still have on the to-do list. Um, but I think that I've achieved most of the stuff. I don't think I've led a bad life, but I think that, and I think that being thirty is sort of a, a sort of checkpoint. Um, I still want to finish writing a book, uh, but then again, I've made steps towards that. I've been putting out. Um, sort of feelers but then I because of everything kicking off now life life is all either free time which is frustrating mm. or work which is stressful so it's kind of trying to find that balance when you're doing the same thing in the same room there's no sort of separation so the idea of right sitting down and actually writing a book is just ugh. are you writing a book yeah um about a little murderer um but he's like a catholic assassin type i don't know <laughs> I'm not going to give it away yet. You'll have to wait and read it. <laughs> um, write a little novel. Write a little novel. novel. A little novel. Yeah, it's a novel. <laughs> it's, uh, it's got a character and a plot. And um, well, we're going to get copyright for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, that is not Stewie okay. Griffin. But, yeah, but it's my third. It's my third go at writing something like that. And I think that the first one I did was like ADHD and me. Yeah. But it's just me getting pissy about getting done. And everything that happened to me when I was younger. Um, I think that the other one was kind of a good stab at it, but mostly, again, first-person narrative. It was clearly me being upset about life. Um, and the, the plot was a bit ham-fisted and a bit, yeah, um, because it, it's not how it started. But I think that with this one, it actually might stand a chance in mm. some way. But it's just all the flap of getting an agent, getting... Uh, someone to read it and then I've only written the first eight chapters in full I've written like a 32 part synopsis 40 chapters something like that and it's all just a question of getting somebody to sit down and spend an hour reading something that they can't guarantee isn't going to be shite and mm-hmm. um, I can't guarantee that they will that they will like it I can't guarantee anything about that so it's all just a massive like lump of ambiguity that's halfway well, it's the same thing, with this, same thing with this podcast. We we sit here for hours at a time creating a podcast and then nice hopefully, you, really. yeah, hopefully, hopefully somebody likes it out there, which a few people do. Well, I, I'd say that it's it's always been sort of something that is like a hobbyist project. And I think there's something that 
that we treat like a business that's working quite well. I mean, it's cool. It's, it's just growing. very cool. It's, it's growing every 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 week. How many people have we got now? Like three <laughs> hundred. Most of them are just like people going, "Oh, that's nice, dear," <laughs> and occasionally somebody just randomly tells us that we're pricks, and you're just like, "Why?" <laughs> we got we got recently downloaded in Scotland recently, so we pretty much we? conquered we, 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 we pretty much conquered the UK. Eight percent of our listeners are from the um, US as well. Really, crap. Yeah. Yeah, should probably have done it in a different accent. <laughs> Shout to um Virginia. They Hello Virginia. Wait. They seem to be downloading us heavily. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, like yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's just such an odd thing to do though, because I mean, we don't we don't have a specific agenda, which is the point. But it's just two yeah. guys rambling and. Well, people like so people, people out there like to listen to people talk. So I do it myself because I listen to podcasts. So I just like when I'm working, I just just put something on, and if somebody's interesting to listen to. Yeah. When I'm working, all I can hear is the blood in my ears going, come yeah. on, you've got to do this, you've got to write faster, write faster. Yeah. But like, you, you don't understand though, you're kind of a unique personality and people you have an interest in my life, so people want to hear it. So. Well, no, I mean, we've got like one or two guys who knew us when we were a bunch of little drunk guys and now yeah. we're actually talk, doing things seriously instead of just talking shit about, well, shit, mm. which is... No, I feel very self-conscious. <laughs> do you feel like now there's 10 years past since you're 20 and like 12 years past since you're 18, do you feel a much of a big dif- difference between those? Like, um, Yes and no. I, I think that... Um, I think I see society very differently. I think that when you're growing up, you when you're young, particularly when you're quite sheltered like I was, uh, you think that certain things are... Uh, that, that there is certain order in the world and that there's that order that we discussed before in the previous episode about how you go from A to B to C to D Mm. the same way your parents did or the same way that society should. Um, And I think that also there was a breakdown in um, the omniscience and also the the invincibility of society that happened quite early in my twenties, just after university where as soon as that sort of structure fell away, um, that was very difficult, but a huge learning curve. Because you go from an entire lifestyle that's almost like when you're in prison. And so, you know, you wake up at, at, at sort of 7.45, you go to school, you're there by 9, you do the register at 8.30. You, um, if you say something stupid or do something bad, then you'll get in trouble. If you don't do that, if you do something good, you get a merit. And then you go from that to university, where they kind of take it off a little bit. Yeah. But you're still kind of very much a bullet going down the muzzle of a gun and yeah. just kind of expanding as a person as you go. And I think that that was one of the major shocks of my life was when um, when I left uni and then yes, and people were just like, all right, well, go. And yeah. it's like, well, shouldn't there be sort of a next step? And they're like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But at Already. least you know answer. And it's just bullshit. Um, but I think, though, that... Um, I think, like, when you... Different. And I think, though, that that had a lot to do with the relationships I had, mm. as we discussed off camera before with... Uh, yeah, with well, with a psychopathic ex, yeah. dealing with that shit. I mean, like, I think that changes you. Like, I think that the people you hang out with change. Yeah. So when I went um, abroad, that would have changed my outlook as well. Yeah. But I also think that living abroad means that instead of progressing as an adult, you go sideways because you learn instead of learning and going through your culture, you go into a completely different ball game. So you kind of you sort of stop learning or growing in the Western sense and start. But doesn't that doesn't that open your eyes a bit more? Like, because I, I lived in Jamaica for a couple of years growing up, and you kind of 
feel that there's a different way of living, a different way of thinking. And I like mm. how you see how when you come back to Britain, how privileged you are, how you really mm. are. You didn't I would say it was like your major privilege. I'd say that it was. But I assume that I assume that stuff like little stuff like our healthcare and other stuff that we have on the welfare system is a lot like more advanced than certain countries. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a lot of safety and security yeah. here, but I think that the emphasis on that safety and security changes the way that we live. Mm. So in Indonesia, being the main example I've got, um, it it was okay to ride a motorbike in a pair of shorts and t-shirt and you wouldn't dream of doing that here but if you got hurt you just got hurt you got up you got on with it yeah. you kind of spritz some you know minimum stuff but you kind of just got on with living life well, let's, t- let's actually let's touch upon that actually because um you know how like in britain i think we're i guess a bit too regulated i think sometimes where we we have think- to we, we feel the need that obviously there, it's there for a reason like you have to wear a helmet you have to wear certain like mm uniforms and everything just I think too, too sensible yeah i think what you think you think that we're too sensible it's like somebody wants to ride a motorbike with no helmet and, and shorts shouldn't we just like <laughs> allow them to... no because i think that i mean as a society we're, we're kind of responsible for each other i think that we're doing the mature sensible thing yeah. but i mean my girlfriend's a lot a very 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 sensible person and yeah sometimes it can be a bit of a killjoy and yeah. um, not her personally but people who are too sensible or being too sensible. Yeah. I think that because we're all busy sort of auto-regulating each other yeah. and trying to simultaneously be responsible for each other, I think British society is a very responsible one. Yeah. And I think that, that that meritocracy around responsibility is what um, what does differentiate us from a lot of people. Yeah. It's that sort of, if you, you know, like, you know, one doesn't touch the stove twice, but <laughs> what happens if you put a bit of wood on the stove and it turns on fire? I mean, it's kind of fun. You know, or like, what if, you know, like, or like, you know, you can't, you can't sort of, there's none of that sort of wild finding stuff out because we've already found it out. We've already taught ourselves it. It's been done through a book instead of, um, instead of just going out and getting dirty sometimes. And mm. I think um, one of the things that um, I think that everybody, there's that sort of subconscious sort of sub, sub level of, um, of being British that leads to, um, a subtlety that I've never really understood and to this sort of behavior that I've never understood, this undercurrent of, of simultaneously being insecure and also not, and also being very confirmed in what you believe. So the two kind of, it's like having a jelly and then like a shell of chocolate on top, but it, it doesn't really kind of move. It, it's just, it's there. I don't know. It's, it's a bit weird. I think um, being English is a very strange and very, and I think that the concept of becoming increasingly adult in your behavior instead of being um, more eccentric, more musical, more, you know, I mean, even if someone was musical, they'd be musically disciplined as opposed to um, just wildly loves to play guitar and he'll play any old shit. Because um, um, at the moment we're doing this social distancing where everybody's just in their house unable to go out more than a couple of times a day besides to get food and exercise. Um, you see a big difference between how different countries are handling that, are enforcing that system. And we kind of mm. have a really laid back view in this country in terms of like, just asking, people, like politely, asking people politely and, and to be sensible. And everything. Yeah, exactly. and kind of relying, relying on the people's common decency. But when, yeah. when you see in other countries, they're kind of taking more of a heavy handed approach to it. 
We're like, I think they're, you're, they're, not, you're, they're, not, you're not leaving your house. There's no, like, we're not discussing if you do. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, we're not, um, yeah, we're not recording this as, I mean, come on, I mean, I'm sitting here in my, on my couch with a mattress behind me that we use for sleepovers that are not going to happen in, like, <laughs> ages. By the way, that is what our mattress is. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, um, but the thing is that there's that British expectation that one should be sensible. Mm. And if people, and the people who are going down the park, I mean, I work for a tabloid and, the people who are going down the park and just acting like people, we are slamming them because mm. they're acting like idiots. Because yeah. they're, out, they're gonna go and cause a problem, that's gonna spread. We know where the dangers are. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? How do, you think, it, huh? how do, you, how do you think if it, how would you think it would work if the police or the, or the government just said, well, right, we're gonna be really heavy handed here, like we're gonna go, oh, over, I mean, we're, we're gonna go over the top, like we catch you out, you're getting 20 years in prison, we catch you up, we're whacking, we're hitting you, we're beating the hell out of you. Yeah, I mean, if they did that, for the next, I think, for the next, for the next two weeks, we're gonna be completely brutal. We see you in the street, we're fucking you up or giving you. Well, I mean, I think that they'd, they'd be death by tutting, yeah, um, which is the, the worst kind of British death because yeah. it will kill you, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's everyone's reaction to every crime they see is like, I didn't, I didn't think that was. I, did, I, did, I didn't appreciate. I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> I thought the police were rather heavy-handed there. Yeah, didn't do anything because it wasn't me that was getting my yeah. ass kicked. But, but, and the police was like, I'm sorry, I'm just doing my job. Because I think the problem <laughs> with our attitude to enforcing stuff is that it doesn't fully work. It's just, it's just you're gonna oh, get you're gonna get some people doing it, but you're just gonna get some people like, fuck, I'm going to the park and hanging out with my friends. Fuck you. you yeah, doing? and I think that that's what the other problem is that America's got a similar thing where they're like, you know, freedom is free. Yeah. And like, I think that we've got this huge, huge emphasis on freedom and being and the rights of the individual. But I think that's yeah. we've come from a capitalist nation. So um, as a result, we've never had sort of oppressive controls that we can you know handle or rebel against we are very politically inactive compared to areas in europe mm. um i don't know what socialism is but people have died for that shit even mm. in the last 10 years and i don't know what it is and i'd be amazed if anybody in america i mean i know a lot of people will but you know it's something that gets thrown around a lot but it's a word that has as little meaning as um you know, I know as little about it as I do about uh, the Green, well, I know about the Green Party, but, you know, about sort of a renegade group's political, you know, stance in Germany. Um, I don't know shit. Because mm. um, it just doesn't matter, really, because you're sitting there just getting on with life and the government seems to be getting on with their lives and probably siphoning a little bit of money, but the corruption hasn't become a problem. So until it's a problem, we don't really care that much. I mean, coronavirus only became a problem in March when yeah. it came to the UK. Yeah. But it's been going since January. I was reporting nobody, on that. Nobody before, gave a shit before. Yeah, before Christmas I was reporting on it. No one cared. Yeah. I remember the first guy who died and no one cared. We named him. He was like 64 or something. Chinese guy in Wuhan. There were 17 cases. God, do you remember those days? Oh. You know, most people won't because no one gave a shit. We were all too busy watching Trump blow some fucking general up. Um, and to be fair, that was also exciting. And so I think to, to be, to be um, Captain Hindsight here, what do, yeah. you think, what do you think the world could have done to stop this? Well, I mean... You think, like, as soon as they, this new virus came out, they should just shut the borders and just, like... Uh, I think China's pretty efficient about that. They definitely yeah. shut the borders, but I don't think... No, I mean, us, I mean us. Yeah. Huh? You think us. We, we, we should start doing major... No, things? it's inevitable. Uh, you can't... Okay, so this is something that's got two weeks um, where, I mean, you could have it, I could have it right now from having gone out on my, well, not on my motorbike, but from having gone to the shop. My mum yeah. has, my mum went to the shop this morning. 
she was sensible, she did everything right. But um, if someone sneezed, touched a, um, a plastic packet, and then just changed their mind about what vegetable they wanted, because they saw another vegetable that was a bit better, and yeah. they're like, oh, I'm going to put that packet down, pick that up. My mum's coming along, she picked that up, um, put it in the basket because it was the only one left or whatever, yeah. and then gone to the checkout. That checkout person has picked, has picked up and put through hundreds and hundreds of items of food. Those have got plastic packaging on them. We know that plastic is one of the biggest, you know, plastic bike, but it's still there for an hour. So yeah. all that has to happen is my mum has to do that, picks that up, you know, like picks up a newspaper, something like that. And she's got it on her body. Mm. Comes in, strokes a dog. Dog gets a lot of attention because, you know, she's gorgeous. She's a good dog. Um, and we're all, we're all infected. I mean, it's that easy. Yeah. And the problem is it's no one's fault. It's not the person who sneezed in their hand's fault. No. I mean, they're not thinking about us. No, they, they do don't do care. Why would they? Well, well they, if, 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 don't, don't get me wrong. It's some people's fault. Some people knew they had coronavirus and still travelled. So fuck yeah. that. And I think that that's a bit like with AIDS, where people who knew they were infected with AIDS were going around infecting others. Yeah. I think that it's a bit like an STD. Yeah. If you know you have it, take the necessary precautions to make yeah. sure you don't pass it on. If I had like chlamydia or something and I didn't put a Johnny on and infected my girlfriend, I'm a dick. Yeah. And that's, it's a assault. It's a form of assault because yeah. now she's got a problem she's going to have to deal with. Even though she, I mean, this is hypothetical, obviously. I don't have that. They had, they had like a story of somebody from New York where it's like, which is probably the most effective place in America at the moment. Yeah, they've so got it's like, it's like London, obviously. But yeah, somebody travelled from New York to Florida on a plane and everything with like coronavirus. Yeah, he, he, he knew that... he had. He knew he had it. Fuck! What an yeah. asshole! Yeah, we played devil's advocate. What, what if he wasn't from New York? He was just travelling to New York for some reason. If he went to New York, got coronavirus, and then. And they wanted to go home and they're like, oh no, you have to quarantine yourself, but he's not from New York. What Doesn't do you think you do? I mean, admittedly though, have you tried booking a hotel in New York? It's like $150. I know. That's the reason why I haven't been to New York. That's the reason why I haven't been to New York yet. I went to Chicago instead because it's like, we've got the nice buildings and it's cheaper. In Chicago, apparently the death rate, the mortality rate's gone down because they've all been quarantined so they can't murder each other. Yeah, so yeah. the murder rate is so bad in Chicago that yeah. because of coronavirus, like half people are like going, are staying at home and they're social distancing. They're not killing each other anymore. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, it's they have, they, have, they have so much murders in Chicago. It's nuts. In the south side, in the south side of Chicago. If you go to the yeah. north side, it's really good. That's the interesting thing with America. You can sort of avoid the bad areas. Just, just don't go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in London, it's sort of like, it's is this a bad area? I don't know. It's all entangled. Like, you'd be like, oh, this is a nice area. Then you walk around the corner of council state yeah, and somebody, somebody stabs you or shoots you. <laughs> I know. There was a street in Vancouver where all of the druggies are. And it's really weird. Like, because yeah. they're all like all in blocks. And I was there about uh, two years ago. And yeah, I nearly got engaged there actually. Um, but I was there. And my ex girlfriend and I were walking around. And like, it was bizarre. Because you've got this like Chinatown area. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, yeah, you don't want to go two blocks over. And I was like, well, of course I want to go there now. I'm going to have to look. <laughs> and, um, cause, you know, yeah, kind of never been shot at. And, um, <laughs> So anyway, I was like, oh, well, how bad can it be? And you walk around the corner and we had to get a bus. So I think I've told the story before, but we were, <laughs> we were sitting there and I was like, and we were both shit scared. I was like, darling, hold me. And like, so I'm hugging her and she's tired. But I was like hug, holding right on. And I was like, I was like, it's okay, I'll protect you. And like, oh, you got it. And like people around it, they weren't dangerous or threatening, but everyone was on something really bad. Mm. Like, you know, shabby, shabby shit. You know, they were talking, they were on... I mean, like, there was this guy I remember walking past and um, 
my ex and I were a little bit high because they just legalized weed, but he sort of lent over. So this is um Canada, right? Yeah, Canada. Yeah, and yeah. It's not even. This, I mean, I don't know how bad America is, but Canada's Canada's pretty good. I mean, everyone's nice and all that. And I've, I've never love, been. Never been Canada yet. It's like it's like if England and America mixed. So it's yeah. like you've got all the possibilities of America. You know, everyone's got guns and shit, and drugs are you know opioids and things like that are an issue, but. You know, but people are lovely and polite and sort of very civil, but also got like a hip, I don't know. But Canadians are generally, you don't get a reputation of being nice by being a bunch of assholes secretly. Mm. It's like how the Irish are quite charming and funny. You know, like, but that's because every Irish person I've met has been reasonably charming and reasonably funny. The funny, um, the funny thing about Jamaicans, all Jamaicans have relatives in um, the United Kingdom, Canada and the US. But I've yeah, got relatives in all three places. Yeah, because I mean, I guess because you because uh, Jamaica's kind of in the middle of those three places yeah in a way it's like you know like and I mean I don't know if you could then it's that sort of it's one of those places where it's sort of like I want to get a ticket out of here kind of thing even though it's heretic mm. I don't know a lot of people seem to be quite fond of becoming migrants from there yeah I'd love to go there actually I think we should yeah. do a little tour once we're famous yeah <laughs> around, like, Jamaica man and there's like I'm having the best time I am Totally the only white person here for miles. Um, uh, yeah. There's white, yeah. white people in Jamaica. Oh, yeah, of course there are. I mean, we're everywhere. Like a little plague. Yeah. Um, but what was I saying? Um, yeah, I think with... The, with oh, God, I've completely lost my train of thought. So, turning 30, eh? How's that going? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm embracing it. Like, we, like, with, the, with the title off point at 30, I embraced it from last year so as well. Is that why you wanted to do this podcast? Is it so that you can kind of prepare yourself by watching how much of a train wreck I feel? <laughs> no, no, no. It's something I wanted to do doing the podcast. Is something I wanted to do for quite some time. Just never had yeah. any way to work on it with. So yeah, I, I, am. I bumped into you. Obviously, I was with, went with you on the stag, and I'm like, you are hilarious. So oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm better when I'm drunk. I mean, yeah. at the moment I'm just kind of. I asked you. I asked you. I asked you to do, it, and you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm up for it. Well, yeah, because I didn't have anything else to do. I was yeah. bloody. I was unemployed and bored shitless. Yeah, and I'm sitting here. With, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here with all this equipment, get, gathering dust on it. So I might as well put it to use. Uh, yeah, turning thirty. Yeah, it's not really a big deal to me. What is a big deal for you though? I don't because you, your approach tends to be quite laid back and very sort of okay. Well, if that's going to happen, that's going to happen, kind of thing. And I think that probably because you're so big that nothing's ever stopped you from. Yeah, from nothing's ever really seemed to have threatened you since you were like twelve. But like you know, since you hit puberty, you're like, Fumph! and everyone's like, you know what? Maybe not. That's um, that's absolute <laughs> I won't call him a prick. And there's me, just like, I'll call you a prick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come over here, I need a bodyguard. That's Today. absolutely bullshit. I've I've had fights, I had lost fights, I won fights. Like people tried to rob me before. Really? Yeah. There's no like, I, yeah, I lived an easy life and went nothing. Six foot seven, built like a bridge. Yeah, people oh. carry people have carried knives and guns in South London. It's not right. okay. Well, I mean, that's probably why. Yeah, it's best to avoid certain areas. Yeah, you know, it's like one of your situations, like New York. It's like, oh, that that area is a bad area. In London, yeah. you just walk around. It's like, oh shit, it's happened again. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, that's a common thing growing up. So yeah, not like I've just, I'm just big. So people leave left me alone all my life. People have tried me all the time. Weird. Yeah, um, I just don't, don't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, turning 30, it's like, I never thought I would make it this far, to be honest. To you never like, thought you'd been 30? Yeah. Like, what, what did you imagine happening before you were 30? Don't know, to be honest. But I mean, I, like, apart die, from, you, die, you look like, right when you cross roads. <laughs> die from some horrible illness, get hit by a car. Well, that's the time, horrible. man. Coronavirus kicking around. Something horrible happened. Yeah. World I, ends. 
yeah, again, yeah. coronavirus and Trump. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good combination. Yeah. It's pretty much, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're all but, fucked. Uh, yeah, it's not a big deal for me, I don't think. Um, I don't know. I think for reason why some people think it's a big deal because it's, to them it acts as a wake-up call because they haven't like, probably achieved everything they want. Although mm. I haven't achieved everything I want, but I mean... Yeah, you still got time. Yeah, obviously. yeah. But people kind of, you know what? As well, you know what? As well, why I'm not freaking out about it's just when you when you hit a certain age, thirty is not as old as it it looked before. You understand? Mm. So like, you know, when you're like in a teenager, thirty seems really old to you. Yeah. But now, when you're like twenty nine, twenty eight, whatever age, reaching thirty, thirty actually, you realize how young thirty is actually. Yeah, I remember. Um... When I was living abroad, I had a friend who was who turned thirty, and he was, um, and yeah, it it was weird. It felt a bit like we were suddenly with an adult, even though he was very immature. I think yeah. that, it, and also I think that in a way I did judge people. Um, you do judge people when they're thirty and they're doing certain things. Yeah, uh, that and they're surrounded by twenty-two year olds. Even though, let's be honest, if I was surrounded by a bunch of twenty-four-year-olds and half of them wanted to have sex with me, and you're <laughs> And, you know, and, and everyone was hot and I was having a good time. I was out partying. I was living in a beautiful place far, far away, you know, like, and just having all these adventures. Is that really such a bad life? Yeah. And I think that we've kind of become adults because we're told this is what an adult looks like. Yeah. And it, it would go against that stereotype now. And I think that if we, um, like, now with this coronavirus shit and knowing that I can work from here, mm what is stopping me from working anywhere in the world and doing my job that I do now? Exactly. I mean, I currently write for the US as well as England. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why can't I work? And like, now I know that I don't have to go to the office and I can use this laptop. And then like, it doesn't make sense to want to stay around London. You know what? No, it's interesting that you say that. Now that we're all working from home, how I many people do you think are actually going to go back to work once they take this lockdown? Do you think there's going to be a lot of people just find out that actually fuck this i don't actually need to go to work and also yeah. you know that you know how everybody like even us we have a side hustle this is the podcast is our side hustle also we're not make, we're not making any money from it at the moment but say one day one day we'll be famous but say for say for example um we, we with all this free extra time we've got we're able to put more effort into it and it blows up to the point where fuck going back to work in two to three months i think that's the dream that everyone's always had i think and that the idea for me how many, how many people do you think like be able to achieve that or working towards that now now they got all this extra time that's um, the problem i think everyone is right now everyone's gonna be trying to write a novel everyone's yeah. gonna be trying to do things that they've wanted to do for a while but i think that also there's a lot of positivity and a lot of negativity yeah. that's going to come out of this i think that the positive stuff is that um people will realign their actual values i think that there i mean like for example when china got out of lockdown there was a record number of people of women actually filing divorces against their husbands because they realized that after two weeks of just being they in lockdown they don't like their husband you know. yeah and i think I'm, after two weeks of i mean this is one of the reasons why i'm like sort of staying with my family for now is because i'm still in quite an early stage in my relationship and i think that and because of the lockdown it means that i would have to move in with my girlfriend because was, um because like it's like having like a like a girlfriend that you don't live with is almost like being in a long distant relationship. You're only able to see them like once or twice a week. 
you don't get yeah and when you do that it's quite an effort yeah, as well so, so make it possible. yeah if you're in a position where now you have to be with them all the time like you might realize that you don't get along that well like especially like some of these like footballers that are always out training or going across the country or across the Europe yeah all of a sudden they're, they're playing, watching, playing like, have an emotional talk oh i can't stand you yeah. <laughs> what are your emotions what yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently the amount of um domestic abuse is going up and child abuse is that going up is something i want to look into journalistically yeah. i'm very curious about that i think that yeah. that's a huge huge one and it is something that has been that i think that's one of the reasons why the uh the government was so reluctant to close schools and so yeah. reluctant to put in these measures is because of um i mean domestic violence is terrifying and you know you and i have the luxury of standing around and you know being happy but I think that the idea of living with somebody who 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 found me annoying mm. is scary enough I, I was abroad with a friend of mine and she um my best friend in the world but I think after 10 days we started screaming at each other because we were tired yeah. we were exhausted we hadn't slept we'd been traveling for loads of time you know we both had various reasons to be angry and it got to the stage where I we were at each other's throats and even though we're perfectly good friends you know like no reason to not but every little thing, I mean, after seven days, the, the way they fucking breathe. Mm. And it, 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 if you're stuck in a, in a small apartment with somebody else, yeah. in, with all the, all the love in the world, like, That's if why there's I'll... no one else to interact with, it's difficult. When me, think, me, sure. so when me, um, me and my missus um, would look at, we moved into each, with each other about over a year ago, a year and a bit now. And um, mm. when we were looking into renting uh, flats, we, we like to rent a studio apartment is a lot cheaper and we got i saw a few that i liked but then like my missus was like let's not get a studio apartment because we need like a different room to go into each other sometimes yeah. especially me I, I like my space or so occasionally like even like today once i finished working from home i went into the bedroom and just chilled and watched some youtube by myself for a couple of hours before coming, yeah. into, coming into the living room just like chill with her so you need that. You need another room to go into sometimes. Oh, I completely agree. Um, yeah. I think that it's because I mean I'm quite lucky because I've got quite a big house. Um, well, my parents do, um, but it, they they built the extension you know above the garage to to accommodate the fact that my brother and I wouldn't be able to move out immediately. Yeah. Um, because of the way that the world was changing, I think that um, as a result I'm very lucky. But even and we have separate areas of the house i mean i I can't hear them right now yeah and you know they can't really hear me i hope um but i think that with um if it was a very much a smaller environment and one of the reasons that i'm slightly reluctant to go down south to to my girlfriend's places um because the idea of it being just me and her in um i mean she's got a decent sized apartment but Mm. just any enclosed space where there's that pressure to get on and also uh, the the fact that to leave would be a very would be a lot more emphasized now than it would otherwise be if i wanted to just simply get some space and go and see my parents um normally i would be able to do that if i do that now if i return here now um i'll end up i could kill my mum uh, you know i could kill my dad um passively but i could still do that and it reminds me through the coronavirus he means yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go suddenly go around murdering. <laughs> um, but no, it's, um, but equally, and I think that this is something I interviewed a medic today, actually. She was fantastic. And um, she was saying how she put her parents into lockdown because they're both vulnerable. 
and she hasn't seen them for a while. And it's that guilt that medics are carrying around with them. And people who work in the NHS, everyone's clapping and stuff. But these are people who, you know, but equally, people are scared to get infected and they're scared of infecting their friends and yeah. people. I haven't, been a, I haven't been able to visit my mum in a while. And um, like, even on Mother's Day, I sent her like um like chocolates and a card and everything because like Royal Mail was all messed up at the moment, so she got it like mm. a week a week later. <laughs> I've been waiting on a um thing I ordered two weeks ago, no, a week ago, and it says it'll be here in about six days, seven days. Uh, and it's like I would hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, I well you have to because it's coronavirus. Does that, do you think, that, do you think that works, holding your breath sometimes? Right? Say, say I was walking past you and you had coronavirus and I was to hold my breath. Do you think that gives me a better chance not to get your coronavirus? Well, technically, yeah, because then you wouldn't be inhaling anything. I do that. I'm not going to lie. I do that sometimes in like a supermarket if I have to walk past somebody. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Like, I mean, <laughs> All right. So firstly, a sneeze, it turns out, like can go like seven meters away. Jesus. And we're all sitting there, just me and you standing there with some old lady going, oh, eh. And there's me and you like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hold it, it for one minute. Hold it for one minute. It has revealed the stupid shit that we do. Mm. And I love it. This is my favorite thing about coronavirus, is it just reveals A, exactly who all the fucking idiots are. B, the the British the, the limit the actual limits of British police action in public is it turns out dying a beauty spot um, putting dye in a lake in the Lake District and the entire village suddenly just turned on him <laughs> these these poor cops they've just been putting out like this dye being like yeah now you're gonna have to social distance okay firstly they turned it into a focal point for Instagram people secondly they're dumb thirdly. <laughs> Thirdly, everyone was like, okay, great. You just fucked up the environment, you stupid cunts. Mm-hmm. And, like, and they're like, huh? <laughs> but I think that that's to kind of established like the limit of, of the threshold of what is and isn't acceptable in English in mm. terms of policing because everyone just turned on these poor cops. And they were doing something that they wanted to do that was right. I mean, they blessed them. They were just trying their best to like protect people, I think. I genuinely believe they came at it from a good place. But it's just so funny how, again, death by tutting. I mean, I just can't imagine a scenario in which the police are now going to be able to do anything but be Mr. and Mr. You know, Mr. Nice Guy. And they're just like, come on, guys, in you go. Otherwise, I'm going to have to find you. Like, guys, don't flip please, me off. Please. Guys, guys, don't flip me off. Come on. I mean, I've got, yeah. a, I've got a stick. I, I, I'm trained to use it. Um, don't, no, okay, okay, you're going to spit at me, are you, with, with coronavirus? How do you think um, the single people are coping being locked indoors? Not being, able, not. not being able to get laid. Go to the well, I would hope I would hope that everyone who's ever been with me is probably thinking about me. <laughs> uh, and probably half the people who haven't, I assume, are also thinking about me. What? I saw somebody posted on Twitter, do you guys remember sex? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like day three of coronavirus, days since sex. Six, that's six months and three days without sex. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I tell you what, nine gigs have been able to come with this kind of stuff. And I've been sitting there at night. Um, one of the things that I have noticed is that I worry a lot about numbers more. Um, and it's actually become kind of a bit like um, a thing of you have to um, switch off. You have to make an active mental effort to not read the news yeah. at times. And the annoying thing is I had this video come in and um, one of the things that it recommends on the government is to not read the news. But I was writing for the news. So I quietly got rid of that little line there just because it's like, no, 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 just keep watching. Shall we? Um, like, we'll have something positive in about an hour. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. By the way, um, another hundred thousand people have died. Jesus. And you're just like, you're just like, 
Oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've had to cut it now because uh, we're running out of free internet time. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, my name's Les Steed. I'm Marla White, and thank you for listening. You'll listen to this episode hopefully on my birthday, my born day, 30th year on this planet. <laughs>